You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello, and welcome to episode 50 of Your New Puppies podcast. I'm Debbie, and first, I need to acknowledge the fact that we are at episode 50. When I first started this podcast, I never even thought I would be having so much fun with it. And that's only because I have somehow found the best listeners in the world. And every day I am excited and humbled and just blown away by your response to this podcast and the fact that you reach out to me and you let me know how much it's helping. That was my goal, but it has gone above and beyond my wildest expectations. And that's only because of you. So thank you so much. And I'm incredibly excited that it's episode 50 and I've never been more excited, more motivated and happier to be here with you. So now let's get on to today's topic, which I think is very appropriate because it is one of the most popular questions I get asked about. The only one that might be more is crate training. So we're going to talk today about leash walking. So specifically, I'm going to talk about the top three questions that I get asked. But first, let's talk about why leash training is so darn hard and why we all seem to struggle with it. And the main reason is because walking on a leash is one of the hardest things that we ask our dog to do. It's not natural for them, okay? Going for a walk is natural for them. That is one of the most fundamental things a dog wants to do. They want to get out there and explore and smell things and see new things. Yes, that is natural to them. What's not natural is walking in a straight line down a sidewalk tethered to somebody. And we don't really think of it this way because, you know, similar to potty training, it's just one of those automatic things like our dogs are going to walk with us. We want them to walk nicely on a leash. Our dogs just aren't going to go to the bathroom inside the house. So because it's so automatic for us, we kind of project that onto our dogs and think it's automatic for them, and it's not. And on top of all of that, we are so slow. They have four legs. They are meant to move, okay? Save like the small dogs with the short little legs, Um, who can't walk very fast, most dogs move much, much quicker than us. Imagine if you wanted to go for a walk and you had to walk a turtle. That's how the dogs feel about us. Okay, so on top of the fact that we are inhibiting their innate need to explore, to go sniff, to go, you know, mark that tree, we're also slowing them down. So we're already working against our dog's instinct. So the other thing I wanted to mention before I jump in is if you have a super young puppy, like 8 to 12, maybe even 16 weeks, they simply don't 
enjoy the walks like an adult dog would. You know, as your dog gets older, they will definitely take to their walks. It's a very, very, very rare dog that doesn't love their walks. Um, But young puppies aren't really built to go for that like structured walk. At this point, you're just getting them used to like wearing their collar, wearing their harness, and you just go as far as you can. Maybe it's like one house And you'll find that they'll start just laying down in the middle of the walk. Then you go back and you just build up that distance. You know, they're just, they don't have the focus for that kind of like structured walk. And they get tired very easily. So I wouldn't worry about it too much if they don't like it. I still want you to get them out and let them explore and everything. But don't be surprised if they're not going to walk in a straight line down the street tethered to you for a very long period of time. Totally normal. But once your dog does take to the walks, that's when a few of these issues can come up. Now, by far, the most common question I get is about your dog pulling on a leash. And this is true from puppy owners to adult dog owners. And what's usually happening is we are unintentionally rewarding our dog for the pulling because they pull and the walk moves forward. They pull and they get to go over to that tree over there. They pull and they get to walk the speed that they want. So they start to learn or think they learn, oh, for this walk to move forward, I have to drag my human along. And most of the time, this starts when they're a puppy because when they're not that strong, they don't weigh that much, the pulling isn't as obvious and we might not think about it. So whether you have a puppy that's starting the habit or you have an adult dog that's pulling, we still want to work on it. While you're working on this, the tool that I do recommend is a front clip harness. So the front clip harness, which is just simply a harness with a clip in the on the chest and on the back. So while you're working on the pulling, you clip the leash on the front. Now this can be a little awkward to maneuver at first, but you do get used to it. But what that does is when your dog starts to pull, it kind of turns them around so they lose the leverage. So it's a little easier on your arms and your body while you work on the pulling. So the walk isn't completely miserable until you start to break their pulling habit. So there's three techniques that I usually use, and you'll use a blend of these depending what's happening, because our goal is going to be to stop the pulling from working for them, and you want your dog to pay more attention to you, because if they're paying attention to you, they're not dragging you down the street. And none of them are really that new. So the first is when as soon as there's tension in the leash, you stop the walk, right? If they're pulling, then they don't get to move forward. They don't get to go over to that tree. You plant yourself until there's slack in the leash, and then you can move forward. They're going to start to pull again. You stop. So we're teaching our dog, okay, every time there's tension in the leash, the walk stops. You want the walk to continue. There has to be no tension in the leash, And then your second option is similar where you turn in a completely different direction. It doesn't have to be like all the way around 180. It just has to be enough of a different direction. So now your dog's like, oh, we're walking over here. They're probably going to run in front of you and try to pull again. You change directions. Now this one, not only, it's my favorite because it not only teaches your dog the pulling doesn't work. You don't get to go in the direction you want to go in when you're pulling, but it 
you'll also see that your dog starts looking at you and starts paying attention to you because they're not sure where the walk's gonna go. And this extra attention to you is less attention to the environment that's getting them overexcited and causing them to pull. Now, yes, both of these mean that, you know, walks, your 20-minute walk might go 10 feet at first and your neighbors might think you're a little weird. But who cares what your neighbors think? Because those are going to be the same neighbors that's going to be impressed with your dog that walks nicely on a leash. Now, the third one is a more of a fan favorite because it's a little more interactive, but it doesn't work for every dog. And there are a couple extra steps to it because this is where you're going to need your treats. This is where I recommend using their daily food allowance because at first you're going to be doing a lot of reinforcing. And you start with a couple steps and you ask your dog to stop and sit. And then you go a couple more steps, you ask your dog stop and sit. And what's going to start happening is they're going to start anticipating the stop and the sit. So now they're paying attention to you, wondering when the next sit and treat's going to come. So they're not pulling on the leash. Then eventually you want to increase the spaces between the sits. So it's two steps, five steps, 10 steps, and etc. And then once you get to a nice smooth walk where they're not pulling and they have a good association with staying near you and paying attention to you, then you have to start working off the treats and the, the reinforcements all together. So you don't have to choose one of these. You can try all three. You're probably going to blend all three of them together depending on the situation, depending on what your dog responds to and what you are willing to be consistent with. Okay, so the second most common one is comes more from puppy owners than adult dogs, but if they developed a habit when they're this habit when they were a puppy, then they're probably still doing it as an adult. And that's when your dog jumps and nips and grabs you. Essentially, they want to start playing in the middle of their walk. And not just playing, but playing inappropriately. So this is really common when they're already in like that nipping stage. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of my clients don't like my answer to this, but that you will see immediate results. Like, Once I convince my clients to do this, they're like, oh my gosh, after one walk, like it was the, the behavior was better. And what you do is you stand completely still. So what's happening is that you're walking, you're moving, your puppy's moving, and all of a sudden they start jumping and nipping and grabbing. Sometimes it's for the leash and then they direct that onto you. So you are a fun moving toy. Well, what you want to do is stop moving. I like to pull my hands up, you know, like near my shoulders um, because usually that's what they're they're going to go for so they don't have access to them. And I even stick my nose up in the air and I stand like I'm a statue. And they're going to continue to jump and grab and, and, you know, try to play with you. And this is why a lot of my clients don't like it. I usually recommend if you're dealing with this behavior, you know, the actual clothes and like shoelaces and stuff you wear, keep that in mind when you go out for a walk. So what's happening is you've become completely boring and your dog's just going to lose interest and he's going to decide to stop on his own, which is so powerful. And as soon as he does, he gets your attention again and the walk moves forward. He might immediately try it again. You just stop, statue, ignore him. So what's happening is the behavior is no longer working for him. He wants to jump and grab and play with you 
But as soon as he tries, you're no longer fun. So now he's not going to do the behavior anymore because it's not working for him. So what's usually happening is that we're picking up our legs and we're saying, no, 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 and we're pushing them off of us. Well, we just became a dancing toy. So that's why standing completely still is ideal. Now, I understand that sometimes it's just not possible. Sometimes they have a hold of our clothes. We don't want them to rip it. Sometimes they get a hold of the leash and they start playing tug of war and it's still fun. That's when you want to be prepared, like you bring a toy to redirect it to something appropriate, or you bring treats. But the important part with that is if you're going to distract him with a treat, you can put it on his nose. So all of a sudden he's like, oh, so he's not jumping and grabbing on you anymore. But you have to do something else, like something simple, like sit or stay or teach him paw. So in that moment, we want to separate a little little bit, a little bit. So he thinks he's getting a treat for like the sit, not jumping on you. Third most common question is when you have a highly distractible dog on a leash. What you do here is very similar to what I talked about in episode 47 when I talked about if you have a reactive dog on a leash. Essentially, you need to practice getting your dog's attention. So maybe it's just saying their name, having them sit, having them look at you, You want to be able to get their attention at any point. And of course, you're going to practice this in a low, low, low distraction environment and then bring it to more higher and higher distractions. So this can be if you have a dog who wants to like run and play with every dog they see to a puppy who's grabbing every leaf and branch. So what you're aiming to do, and this takes timing and practice, but space And distance is going to be your friend because the further you are away from the distraction, the easier it's going to be to get your dog's attention. And your goal is to keep the dog, your dog's attention on you as the distraction goes by or as you go by the distraction. So if it's saying, you know, another person and or a dog and they're moving and you don't know them, so you don't have any control over them, I usually say to, you know, step off your path and back up to create that space and distance and have your dog sit. And you want to be between your dog and the distraction with your back to back to it. So your dog can kind of look and you get their attention back on you. Or in the case of, you know, there's a plastic bag ahead and you don't want your dog to go and grab it, and you know they will. I like to get the dog's attention on me and then I pick up my pace. Like maybe I'll start to trot with, the dog and get really playful. And so they're paying attention to me like, yay, what are we doing as I go by the distraction? And if they make it by the distraction and they're still paying attention to me and they didn't go off, I throw a party and I reward them. Now, a key thing here that a lot of us miss is that you want to be between your dog and whatever the distraction is because that's going to give you a fighting chance of getting their attention. Because if they can be out on the end of the leash with you behind them, they've already forgotten that you're there. You know, our dogs are very single-minded. They are paying attention to whatever they're looking at. And it's hard for them to pay attention to more than one thing, especially our puppies. 
So that's why if you're between the distraction and your dog, then you can be that thing they're paying attention to. So that's it. Those are the three most common questions I get. And what this takes is practice and practice and more practice. There's some timing involved and some really good positive repetitions. And I know what happens is that when you have some of these issues, the walks aren't enjoyable anymore. So you almost avoid them or you look at them like a chore. So we don't get out there and we don't practice and we don't get those positive repetitions in and we get stuck in this catch-22. So just know that the more you practice, the more consistent you are, the faster you will see results. I mean, that's just true for dog training and almost every part of life, but it is definitely true here. And the other thing I want to point out is that there aren't any rules here. You know, as long as you are enjoying the walk, as long as your dog is enjoying the walk, and as long as everybody is safe, there's no rules of dog walking. You know, all of these issues, the jumping and the pulling and the distractions make the walk not enjoyable. So I understand that we want to change those things. But what I don't want you to get hung up on is what your walk should look like. My dog should walk next to me. My dog should not be stopping at every trait. Like, unless you're having like severe behavior problems, like an out of control dog or even aggression, then yes, you need a nice structured walk, but that's just because your dog needs more structure in their lives and that's one of the best places to do it. But if you're not having those issues, then, you know, if you want to take a stroll and let your dog sniff every tree, then that's your walk. You know, if you don't care that your dog walks in front of you, I don't care if your dog walks in front of you instead of behind you or next to you, then that's your walk. You know, if you want your dog to walk to walk right next to you, then teach your dog to walk right next to you. Just don't get hung up on the shoulds because as long as you are enjoying it, as long as your dog's enjoying it, you're safe and everybody around you safe, then just enjoy the time with your dog. And that is all I have for you today. If you are enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it and it helps other dog owners find the podcast. If you want to continue training with me, you can check out my website, playtimepaws.com. I have a four-week online puppy course and I also do video and in-person sessions. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.